Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Unbelievable! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot, and the Hoosiers with three seconds. Go ahead. Indiana wins the championship. Keith Smart is the hero. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana, what I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. this program today mike woodson on the podium just a little bit ago at big 10 media days and we'll tell you what he had to say uh basketball season is almost here we've had hoosier hysteria but we've had iu media days a few weeks ago and now big 10 media days that signals that we are underway with practices and oh so close to the start of exhibition games and secret scrimmages for some teams and of course the regular season as well glad to have you today uh, we'll obviously be talking a lot about Big Ten Media Days, what Coach Woodson had to say, other happenings going on there as well. And uh, there's plenty to get to, as always, with IU football in full swing. Uh, lots of activity there over the weekend, not just the loss, but also a coaching staff change. And we'll have more on that in today's program as well. Also, it's a great time locally. High school football, the final week of the regular season, is set for Friday. We have some good games coming up this week, a couple rivalry games and some challenge games for teams before they close out the regular season. And the tournament is just around the corner. And so many other high school sports are in their postseason. And it's just like a flood of great news. We have so many teams that won soccer sectionals over the weekend. We have Floyd Central that's uh, having success with their boys' tennis in the postseason and others as well. Just kind of a great time to celebrate fall sports and just around the corner from that is the winter and high school basketball, obviously a lot of fun. ton of stuff to get to today. Let's jump into the show lineup, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Segment one, news and notes. IU basketball, local sports. We'll cover a ton of things coming up here in this opening segment today. Later in the show, Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier will join. Mike is a great voice on our program each Tuesday on IU basketball and football. We'll cover both with him today. And then Jeff Rabjohns of Peaks.com, he's also a familiar voice on IU basketball specifically. He'll join us in segment number three. We'll talk about Big Ten Media Days. We'll get into some recruiting. Arrington Page, who was kind of the last 2023 commitment or target, I should say, for the Hoosiers, uh, made a decision yesterday, and it was not IU. We'll tell you that. So we'll see where Indiana goes from here from a recruiting perspective as well. That's the show lineup. A service of Honey Baked Tam in New Albany. Don't forget to check out their dinner package deals, which are being offered. You can dine in, take them to go, and curbside service is still available as well at Honey Baked Tam in New Albany. And the Thornton's text line is open. If you've got a topic you want to talk about, something you'd like to sound off on, it could be IU, it could be local sports, as long as it's tasteful, we'll include it on the show today. Maybe it's a question for Mike or Jeff, our great guests coming up a little bit later. You can text me during the show, during this hour, every day, at 502-414-1450. Again, 
414-1450. That's the Thornton's text line, and Thornton's is the perfect stop for all the best pick-me-up items you need to get your day started, like their fresh coffee and delicious donuts. So make sure that you send in your questions, your comments, your thoughts uh, to the Thornton's text line at 502-414-1450. Okay, a lot of things to get to today. I'm going to jump around with a number of different things. First off, Arrington Page, four-star recruit in the 2023 class, committed to USC yesterday. He had IU in his Final Four. And Indiana, if you remember back to July, was really involved with him. They watched him closely during the July evaluation period. Shortly after that came to a close, he made a visit to the campus in Bloomington. And Indiana seemed to be right there. As they missed out on some other guys in 2023, he seemed to be the guy that there was good news about, that had good things to say about IU, especially in Coach Woodson. But as things went on, there were rumors about Miami. Of course, NIL deals have been a plenty and big at Miami, and other schools as well popped up. But IU was in his Final Four. Ultimately, he's headed to the West Coast to play for USC when his college career starts. So he was the last real big name that we were aware of that Indiana had been tracking for some time and had on campus in that class. And so it's been a long pause, not just in the 2023 class, but really you got to go back to April, which was when Malik Renault down at Montverde Academy decommitted and then found the Hoosiers his new home to play with uh, Jalen hood Shafino, his high school teammate this season. So uh, it's been a long pause for 2023, going back to Ja'Kai Newton and then Gabe Cups. So, you know, is there reason for concern? Possibly. The way recruiting works these days, it's so different, very much different than what it was just a three or four or five years ago for sure. The transfer portal is an opportunity for coaches to see their roster get older quicker and fill holes that they miss from the regular season, from transfers, from departures to professional basketball, and when recruiting maybe doesn't go the way you hoped or you whip on a, a few guys, a string of guys, as IU has, uh, obviously the transfer portal can be a big help there. So I don't think Indiana's in any trouble, but it will be interesting to see if they put some pressure on uh, maybe some late 2023 guys that are blooming or that decommit for coaching changes or whatever reason. I mean, think about Malik Renault in April, and then think about Tamar Bates. Was he like June or end of May when he – uh, decommitted from Texas, committed to Indiana with a coaching change there. So things can materialize very late, and uh, things are always happening behind the scenes that we have no idea about as well. But definitely a little bit of pause here with IU recruiting. Now, from a recruiting standpoint, as much as there's been a pause in getting a commitment uh, in 2023, or really overall, I tell you, there has been uh, a lot of good news recently as far as Indiana having players on campus. Hoosier hysteria by all accounts. I've read some interviews with prospects and their parents. Uh, very much pleased they seem to be, have been, with Hoosier hysteria in that event on Friday night. So that obviously is a, a good deal for uh, Indiana. A couple other things I wanted to mention today. Uh, you probably saw this on the news, and rightfully so. Scotty Davenport, the coach at Bellarmine, he's been a longtime fixture in basketball in the city of Louisville especially. He's come on this program from time to time as Bellarmine has made the journey from D2 to D1. And so much of Bellarmine's success, and I think Coach Davenport would tell you this, has been built on Southern Indiana guys, especially that Division II national championship with Hobbs and Benedetti and Kendall and just so many great players from uh, Southern Indiana. That was kind of what propelled the program to a new level. 
and ultimately to the Division I ranks. But yesterday, Coach Davenport's former school, Iroquois High School, located in the heart of Louisville, uh, he was uh, honored with a banner. You've probably seen him on big buildings downtown. I know JCPS schools in Louisville have made a push to honor some of their great alumni from various schools and campuses. But Scotty's Iroquois with a picture of Coach Davenport coaching in his Bellarmine gear. And guess who the player that he is coaching up in this banner? None other than Providence graduate and current Bellarmine senior who's going back for an extra year. Justin Betts. So neat to see Coach Davenport get the honor at his alma mater. I know that's special for him, but cool that Justin Betts will have his big picture in a Bellman uniform up there with Coach Davenport for years to come. So uh, obviously Coach Davenport is uh, worth any honor, that's for sure. I think everybody that knows him knows that, but neat to see Justin be included in a small way in Coach Davenport's uh, recognition as well. Also, you know, we talk a lot about NIL on the program. Uh, Nike Basketball announced earlier this week that it has signed Bronny James. He is the son, the older son of LeBron James, to an endorsement deal. And I think there were five other student-athletes as well to sign with the company. Uh, one of those was DJ Wagner, who there's a big battle going on between Kentucky and Louisville right now for the services of DJ Wagner. But uh, obviously, uh, NIL entering the high school ranks and. Ronnie's a senior at Sierra Canyon High School in Chatsworth, California. And likely, I think the feel is that he's going to play college basketball instead of uh, considering a professional path to be eligible for the 2024 NBA draft. And there's been some thought that maybe Bronny could end up at Ohio State. He was there recently for a visit and for a football game. But it is really interesting in some states where it's allowed. And I was keeping up with this. I've lost track of the current number. But NIL is becoming a thing. For high school students and I'm not sure that Indiana is going to be one on the forefront that allows that and makes that decision and the IHSA passes that legislation to allow those things to happen but it's, it's becoming a thing and at some point you don't want to see Indiana high school sports specifically basketball hurt because Indiana is behind and players can't have sponsorships and NIL deals etc along those lines so it's just something in the background it's a big thing right now with the top level players and only a certain number of states, but it's becoming more and more of a thing. I know Texas, with how popular football is, there have been some players there, specifically some star quarterbacks in that state that have really cleaned up, made a ton of money before they even head to the college ranks. But definitely something to pay attention to uh, in the future, from years, some years from now. I think it's going to be a conversation that is being had at a lot of Midwestern states, including Indiana as well. Yesterday, little IU basketball news, the what's called official, unofficial media poll for the Big Ten Conference was released by 28 writers from around the league. And you know, there are so many preseason publications and there are so many different projections on who's going to win these conferences and what the order of finish could be and who the preseason All-Americans are. Uh, I, I read them. I like them. I talk about them on this show. It's fun to follow. But And it gets you excited about the upcoming season. But I'll be honest with you, this unofficial official media poll, however you want to term it, is really the one I pay attention to the most because it surveys 28 writers, all beat writers, two from each school around the Big Ten Conference. I know a lot of them. They're very professional. They're the people I follow on social media, the people that I read their work on a daily basis, and I really respect a lot of them and their opinions. And also their opinion to put their home school aside 
and give you an honest feel for how they think the entire conference and the school that they cover on a regular basis will do. Indiana, in this projection, was number one predicted to win the Big Ten Conference with 377 total points or votes and 19 first place votes. Indiana by far bested Illinois, who was second overall in this panel of media. Illinois had six overall votes for first place. Michigan was third. They had one. Also, Michigan State fourth. They had zero first place votes. Purdue was fifth. They had one first place vote. Ohio State sixth. Iowa seventh. Iowa had a surprise first place vote, just one of them as well. Uh, Out of 392 votes, though, Indiana landing 377. And that tells you that they really are, according to the people that follow the Big Ten on a professional level, probably know the conference the best, they truly are the pick of the media to win the conference. It's in some publication that just focuses in on the conference for for their magazine, for their publication. These are people that cover it year-round. So good news for Indiana. They've got the backing of the media, at least, uh, as far as being the projection to win the Big Ten Conference this season. Also, I like they do a preseason Big Ten Player of the Year, Freshman of the Year, and how about this, a preseason Transfer of the Year as well. The Player of the Year was Michigan's Hunter Dickinson, so a little surprise there. He just barely beat out Trace Jackson Davis of Indiana uh, for that award. Dickinson had 14 of the 28 votes for Big Ten Preseason Player of the Year. TJD had 13 of the 28 votes, and Chris Murray from Iowa, he received one vote. Indiana's Jalen Huchifino, he was voted Big Ten Preseason Freshman of the Year. Absolutely no surprise there. He had 16 votes. And Sky Clark of Illinois, he received seven. Bryce Sensabaugh at Ohio State, he had two. Ty Rogers of Illinois had one. Jet Howard of Michigan had one. And Trey Holloman from Michigan State, he had one vote as well. As far as transfer of the year, Terrence Shannon Jr., who came into Illinois in the offseason, was uh, voted transfer of the year. Matthew Mayer of Illinois also received uh, four votes as well. Michigan's Jalen Llewellyn had three votes. Maryland's Jameer Young, three votes. And Minnesota's Dawson Garcia, he had two votes as well. So that's the rundown of the uh, transfer freshman and Big Ten Player of the Year votes uh, from this media panel. Zach Osterman of the Indianapolis Star is one of the IU votes. Uh, He joins our program on Monday. Alex Bozich who's with us on Thursdays from inside the hall. He's the other vote. And Alex, he told us this last week when he joined on Thursday, he did not vote for the Hoosiers number one. He voted Indiana number two and had Illinois number one in the conference. So, again, that tells you a real honest read from somebody that covers IU basketball each and every day to pick uh, Illinois over Indiana. That's his thought, and I respect that. So, obviously, uh, some interesting stuff there on IU basketball for next season. One other note I wanted to mention today, um, and I read something over the weekend. I I felt like I saw multiple stories from different states on gun violence, gunfire in or near or around high school football stadiums. And now nothing has happened here in southern Indiana or Louisville or this immediate area that I'm aware of. I think I remember something at Ben Davis High School maybe earlier in the year where there was some shots in a neighborhood nearby. I do remember at Jeffersonville there was a uh, deal in the parking lot that caused some confusion and was of concern. But just looking at at Google News, in Arizona uh, here in the last weekend, New York within the last couple of weeks, Philadelphia within the last couple of weeks, 
uh, also uh, other places, Minnesota, within the last couple of weeks. Gun violence at, near, around high school football or sporting events. And it's very concerning. I even found an ESPN story that was written September 30th, so just a couple weeks ago, that highlighted an incident specifically down in Alabama, Mobile, Alabama, to be exact, at a high school with a very scary, concerning situation. And uh, just something to bring up. I mean, I, I don't, I'm hopeful that we don't have situations like that here in our state, here in our area, here in this region. But it is something with kids and high school students that is becoming uh, more and more of a problem. And it's definitely a concern. I think it's something that we should pay more attention to. And I was just appalled looking at some of the various stories from you know, all over the country. I thought this was one incident or two incidents over the weekend. Maybe I got them confused and it was just the same one, but it wasn't. It was multiple incidents, multiple areas, multiple states. So as we head into the postseason, uh, you know, let's do what we can to be mindful of this stuff. It's just, just concerning to see gun violence and that sort of activity uh, tied in with high school sports. It just against everything it stands for. And I uh, just wanted to bring that up today, just just kind of a random thing that I was just appalled as I read through things yesterday as well. A couple high school notes to mention. I know I'm not going to catch them all, but I try to remember everything people send to me that I read in the newspaper and hear from high school coaches about. Christian Academy, boys soccer sectional champions over the weekend. They defeated Trinity Lutheran 5 nothing. And I tell you what, first sectional in soccer for the boys team at Christian Academy since 2011. Also, Providence, they won the girls' soccer sectional. They had no problem winning 9-0 over Trinity Lutheran. And how about Floyd Central, their tennis team, boys' tennis team, they won the semi-state over the weekend, 3-2 over Jasper, the host of the semi-state, who I know always has a really good tennis program in southern Indiana. The Highlanders moving on to state tournament play as well. And one other girls' soccer note, Silver Creek, with the sectional championship in girls soccer over Corden uh, over the weekend as well. So we're in postseason for fall sports. One more week of high school football this week. New Albany Floyd Central, one of the key games on Friday night. That's a rivalry game. Floyd Central, the favorite, I think it's safe to say in that game. And I really like the challenge for Providence. I know I've said this multiple times earlier over the last couple weeks, but Providence and North Harrison coming up on Friday night. It's going to be a real challenge for the Pioneers before they head to 1A sectional action. I think Providence has a chance to make a run in the sectional. They've got Tecumseh, who is 8-0 on the season and having a fantastic year as well. But we will see uh, how Providence does. This North Harrison game will be a good gauge for them heading into postseason. There's no question about that. We'll head to a commercial break. We'll come back with Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier, IU basketball and football on tap. It's Big Ten Media Days, the first of two days, and Mike Woodson was on the podium earlier this morning. We'll tell you all about what Coach Woodson had to say earlier today. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. You know, a basketball hero around here is treated like a god. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a southern Indiana perspective. You know, most people would kill to be treated like a god just for a few moments. Here's Matt Dennison.
All right, we're back with you here on this Tuesday program. The Thornton's text line is open at number 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. If you've got a question or topic or comment on IU basketball and football for Mike Schumann, who joins me right now. Mike is the author of The Daily Hoosier. It's thedailyhoosier.com, at daily underscore Hoosier on Twitter. And he's with us on Tuesdays to talk IU basketball and more. Mike, Coach Woodson was on the uh, podium earlier this morning from the Big Ten Media Days, first of two days, and we got a chance to hear from him. I think also Trace Jackson Davis and Race Thompson are there representing IU basketball as well. Any groundbreaking news? I don't think we were expecting anything shattering from him, but anything big from Coach Woodson this morning? No, nothing that I would put in the... uh groundbreaking category um a lot, of, a lot of stuff that we heard at the iu basketball media day so um you know he, he did talk a little bit about Jalen hutchifino and what i would maybe ca- characterize as not groundbreaking news but um just a continuing trend or a continuing line of commentary that suggests that he's going to you know maybe i, I would even say probably start you know, when, when the season begins here in a few weeks and, you know, beyond that even, you know, not just start, but ha- be expected to have a really significant role on this team. That That's something that, you know, came out of his comments today. It also came out of the pro day uh, last week. Um, and it's just been a kind of a growing um, conversation here over the last few months. Talking with Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier, you know, a lot of questions this morning from what I was able to read the transcript uh, to Coach Woodson about Jalen hood Shafino, and he was voted Freshman of the Year by the unofficial official media poll that came out earlier in the week, and just a lot of good news coming out of the pro day about him. Uh, you know, Jeff Goodman had a tweet from an NBA scout that said they thought his time at Indiana would be short because he's the best NBA prospect on the roster this season. So no doubt Coach Woodson going to field some questions about him. He's skyrocketing, I feel like, right now heading into the season, the interest around him, and maybe just wondering what he could really bring to this team. Yeah, I mean, even to the point of, you know, one-and-done talk about about him, which I don't think, you know, when he committed just over a year ago, I don't think that there was too much of that kind of conversation around him. So he's a guy that, you know, another year at Montford, a, a really strong offseason, he's really elevated uh, himself in, in the conversation for his, you know, long-term career potential. Um, you know, it, it puts Indiana in an interesting spot because, you know, you're going to lose Xavier Johnson after this season, obviously due to, to eligibility. So, you know, if you were to lose Jalen Hutchifino as well, suddenly you've got a roster with, you know, your two point guards both gone. Um, uh, obviously Gabe Cups is coming in as a true freshman you know, in, in the succeeding season, but, you know, it'll time will tell whether or not he's ready to step in as a true freshman. So it'll put in, Indiana in an interesting spot if it plays out that way, but but, but there is a lot to play out. Um, you know, preseason buzz is one thing. You know, what guys actually look like on the court is a completely different animal, especially in some of Indiana's early non-conference tests against the likes of Kansas and North Carolina. I, I think that's when we'll really find out what, you know, Hood Shapino and really all these, these guys that we haven't seen before are all about. Mike Schumann, the Daily Hoosier, with me, talking about Mike Woodson at Big Ten Media Days. 
from the whole picture, and I'm not even sure who all has spoken so far this morning on the podium, but any other big news or surprises or anything that's caught your attention from uh, Minneapolis? No, n- nothing that I would characterize as anything of <laughs> any real significance. These, these days are, you know, often not about, you know, breaking news. Um, you know, at, at this point, these coaches have been through their own media days, their own cycles are accustomed to the questions that they're going to get. They've got field of them throughout the entire off season. So no, nothing in, in that category that, that I've heard or seen. Um, I, there, there's a couple of breakout sessions with both Woodson and Jackson Davis and Thompson. Sometimes you can get a little bit more specificity and uh, detail in those sessions than you will when they're up at the podium. Mike Schumann, the daily Hoosier, you can read his work at the daily Hoosier com. You can follow him on Twitter at daily underscore Hoosier. Mike, I want to flip to recruiting for a moment. I know that Indiana uh, at Arrington Page, really their last big-name target that we're aware of at least, in the 2023 class committed to USC earlier this week and uh, officially eliminated Indiana, who was in his final four. Is there any reason for concern with the recruiting standstill? There really hasn't been a commitment since Malik Renault back in April. There really hasn't been an addition to the 2023 class since the very early commitments of Newton and then Cups. Uh, any reason for concern or wondering what's going on here with this 2023 class? Yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe that latter characterization, wondering what's going on, is a little bit more how I'd say it than concern at this point. I mean, you're still at a stage with a program where you delivered the, the top recruiting class in 2022 your your preseason favorite to win the big 10 um so so it's hard to be concerned about much of anything but but you know everything's always looking forward looking out and you sit there right now with two guards in your 2023 class that you've had you know verbally committed for a year at this point and so it's, it's reasonable to say okay you know that that's different that's not what we've seen so far with with this program under this staff so uh, what is going on Um, you know I think part of it uh, is is the fact that you look at their roster and you you do have a lot of depth there and it's not easy to recruit against your own depth so you know you look at an Aronson page and he he sees um, you know Logan Duncan he sees Malik Renault he sees uh, Jordan Geronimo and, and Caleb Banks all to come back next year and he probably wonders you know how am I going to fit in here in the immediate term whereas other programs you know have a, a clear path to the court now it, conversely you, you could argue okay well that's fine those those players are all good but none of them are proven starters at this point how you know why wasn't he compelled to to step in for, for trace and race and, and I can understand that side of it as well uh, the, the key point, though, is that, you know, taking a step back big picture, recruiting is very individualized. Um, so it's hard to draw, you know, broad brush strokes about anything. You know, one player's decision is not another player's decision. Um, you know, but, you know, you do start to see a pattern evolving here with, you know, they, they had in July, they had, who was it, Jamie Kaiser, uh, Deshaun Harris-Smith, and Page all unofficial visits consecutive weeks. I think they would have taken a commitment from all three of them. They all 
in relatively short order, decided to go elsewhere. So I, I think it's fair to say that there's a, a pattern emerging. I, I just don't think it's fair to say it's concerning, especially in the day and age of the, the transfer portal where, you know, if it all goes well, you could get a proven, uh, you know, Big Ten caliber player immediately added to your roster for the following season. So I don't think recruiting misses are, are what they used to be. I think there's some that you look at and you think, man, if we missed on that kid, uh, that, that would be pretty devastating. You know, looking out to, to 2025, for example, if they missed on a, a Trent Sisley or Jalen Harrelson, uh, just knowing what we know right now about those kids and where Indiana stands, I think those would be ones you'd look at and think, man, that, that's a big recruiting mess. That, that's a problem. Sitting here right now at 2023, some of the misses they've had, you, you think, okay, you can, you can address that need in the portal. I don't, I don't think it's quite as big of a deal. So, so to, to take a step back and answer the question, no, I, I, I'm not concerned, but, but I'm starting to, to take notes and, and just starting to wonder if there is a trend emerging. That's probably the best way I could say as to where I'm at with it. You know, it's so interesting, the transfer portal and how it has changed and affected college basketball. I'm looking at the transcript from uh, Coach Woodson's conversation with the media from Big Ten Media Days earlier and talking about Trace Jackson Davis, and I'm paraphrasing here, but he said something about during the summer he wondered if he could get him back or not or if he would have to go to the portal to get another big. So here's Mike Woodson on a big stage today talking openly about, you know, if he had lost Trace to – the NBA or the professional route, he would have went to the portal to to look to fill that gap, which is common sense now that it's here. But it's just become such a common talking point in the game. It's really amazing that it's the stopgap. It's where you go when there's a problem. It's where you go to fix a, to fix any issue that a college basketball team could have with this roster. Yeah, and that's what's going to be really interesting is you know going into next spring. Uh, if they do want to go get a big man or two out of the portal and a point guard probably as well, um, you know, who, who's actually available? That That's the, the big risk with the transfer portal in my mind. It, it, it's nice as a talking point. It's nice as a kind of a backstop, but you don't really know who's going to actually put themselves in the portal. And until you do, you don't know how, how much of a true fallback plan that you have. And so that that's the risk of that approach, but it's always going to be there in some way, shape, or form. Um, so, so it'll be interesting to see who, in fact, is available. I, I'd say if, if, you know, if Indiana did, in fact, have to replace a Jackson Davis with who was available in the portal this past spring, you know, the, the, there would have been a pretty decisive step down in, in talent. I mean, I guess that's being the obvious since we're talking about a preseason Big Ten Player of the Year caliber talent, but there, there really wasn't anyone even kind of close to that level from a big man perspective who put their name in the portal last year. So it's it's very much going to be a year-by-year basis, and it's obviously it's very competitive, too. So just because somebody good goes in there doesn't mean you're going to get them. So um, it's you know, it's just, as you say, it's just where we're, we are with this crazy world of college basketball right now. Yeah, no question. Mike, we got to talk a little IU football today. The loss Saturday and the way things fell apart later in the game, I think, is one thing to talk about. But even a bigger subject on Sunday was finding out there was a change coming with the offensive line. And we know what a struggle that's been for Indiana uh, this season. I mean, Basilak has had, at times, little to no room to work in the pocket. Uh, did, you, did that firing catch you by surprise? Because, boy, it sure seems like, and maybe it's just me in the media lately, but 
There have been head coaches in the Big Ten let go in the middle of the year. Yesterday, the Carolina Panthers coach let go in the middle of the year. I think he had a Big Ten connection to maybe Penn State or somewhere some years back. Uh, but it just seems like it's an immediate world and you know, where you're out the door, not at the end of the year, but uh, right here after this game that just went bad. So did that catch you by surprise? And are we in that uh, entering that fray even more in the world of sports where uh, I know it's been around in professional sports maybe longer, but it just seems like at the college level now uh, people are gone right, right in the middle of the year. Yeah, I mean, I know what you're saying. Definitely the Wisconsin change last week really seemed to – to fit that description definitely caught me off guard in terms of how well Paul Christ had, had seemingly been doing there. I, I don't know if I'd put the the Hiller situation in in that same category. I mean, I think if you pulled Indiana fans, probably 90% of them would have liked to have seen that change after last season. So it was already kind of lingering there. And, and just watching that game on Saturday against Michigan, it got to the point where literally every play in the second half, Michigan was in the backfield within two seconds. Um, it, it just got to that point where, you know, I, and I think Allen pretty much said this. It's just like, you know, it, it was pretty much just a tipping point where you, you couldn't deny the obvious. And I think for, for him, you know, it's, it's pretty well understood that he is, close with with coach hiller he pretty much said that as well yesterday i think that probably did complicate things for him um although it shouldn't and so that that added another layer but just sitting there watching that game on saturday basically with the understanding that this offensive line you know whether it's the players the schemes the communication whatever whatever you want to say it was the problem the offensive line is wrecking the season I mean there was no other way to describe it I mean they they literally can't get a snap off without having you know just chaos in the backfield immediately obviously against a very good Michigan team but guess what that, that's what's coming up the, the back half of the season so it's not going to change it's not going anywhere um so I can't say that that was a massive surprise adding to the fact that they had a guy like Rod Carey already on staff who came up, you know, not only as an offensive lineman at IU, but as an offensive line coach for a decade before he was a head coach for, for a second decade. So a, a very qualified person to step in. You know, he, he said himself he, he doesn't come in with a magic wand. He's not going to be able to fix things overnight. But, but if you need to, if you feel like you have to make that change, they had a very proven, qualified person to step in. So that, I, I would suspect, made it a little bit easier, even though Alan said when they hired Carrie during the offseason, it wasn't with, with this move in mind. It, you know, whether that's true or not, it, it certainly made things much more simple to, to do over the weekend. Mike Schumann, the Daily Hoosier. You can read tons of his coverage right now. Hoosier Hysteria, IU Football. Big Ten Media Days, recruiting, and more at thedailyhoosier.com. And you can follow Mike at daily underscore Hoosier on Twitter. Mike, as always, appreciate the insight. Uh, enjoy our chats, and we'll do it again next Tuesday. Okay, Matt. Appreciate it. Thank you. We'll head to a commercial break. When we come back, guess what? More IU basketball. Jeff Rabjohns, Peaks.com, is going to join the program, and uh, we'll talk more about Big Ten Media Days and get into Jeff's thoughts on Hoosier Hysteria. He's been around for a lot of them. How does he rate this one from a recruiting and fan perspective? That's next here on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.
We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Let's win this and for all the small schools who never had a chance to get here. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Let's win for Coach, who got us here. Here's Matt Dennison. All right, we're back here on this Tuesday program. The Thornton's text line is open, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. You know we're getting close to basketball season because we go from a lot of basketball conversation in the last segment to more this segment with Jeff Rabjohns, the publisher of Pigs.com. Jeff, you've been around for many years. You've covered the IU beat for many, many years. You've attended a lot of Hoosier hysterias over the years. You know what recruits are looking for. You also got a real pulse on the IU fan base as well. Help us rate Hoosier hysteria on Friday from the on-the-court activities to the off-the-court things, including a concert afterwards with G. Herbo. How was this one scored by recruits and IU diehard fans? Well, I think by recruits, uh, it it would be the, the best one that IU's had. Uh, in my opinion, it's the best Hoosier hysterias I IU, IU's ever had, and the reason is they actually had some production value. They actually made it cool. They actually had you know entertainment, something that Villanova has been doing for well over a decade now. Um, other schools have been doing it, and uh, you know having somebody like G Herbo um, just takes IU basketball and puts it on a cool factor that athletes and coaches can't do. You just can't. You know, some people were like, what about when Victor Oladipo sang back in 2012? Yeah, that was nice. It was an athlete doing something. But at the end of the day, he's just a college athlete. You know, you bring in somebody like G. Herbo, you know, um, and I don't, I don't know if most people know this, but, you know, uh, even going back to Thomas Bryant, you know, his, his, his Twitter handle and Instagram handle, it's like No Limit TV. That's No Limit from No Limit G. Herbo. So mm. the, 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 how, the the cool factor G Herbo's been around, you know, and G Herbo's been cool to the to the basketball community. Going back to when Thomas Bryant, you know, former IU player, was in high school. Uh, so this was the best one they've done. Having having the coaches come out with the uh, you know the the convertibles and everything that was cool. The stage out there, the players get to walk up beyond the stage. Um, the introductions were quick. The introductions were fun. Um, the players didn't. Stand out there and ramble on with a bunch of stuff that bored people. Coaches didn't talk for an extended period of time. So, yeah, in my eyes, there's no question it's the best Hoosier series they've done. No question at all. I mean, those yeah. visuals of IU players on the stage with G. Herbo, all that kind of stuff that you can now send out to recruits, like, you can't, you know, beforehand, you had nothing like that. All you had was basketball players doing basketball stuff. Which is great, and I understand we live in the state of Indiana where that matters. But they're recruiting kids from other states too, and IU just took IU basketball and put it on a whole different stage visually and culturally in the basketball world. I tell you, we just had a conversation in the last segment about Arrington Page to USC, and Indiana's missed out on some recruits, a handful of them now in the 2023 class. And where do they turn from here? Is there reason for concern with that class? And then we have you on to talk about Hoosier hysteria, and I'm sure a lot of fans maybe breathed a little sigh of relief when you just gave that description of how good Hoosier hysteria was for the future of IU basketball. 
Yeah, I'm sure. And, and the 2023 class, I mean, you know, yeah, I mean, I use, uh, you know, they've, uh, they've had some misses. You know, let's be honest. Not every shoot, not every shot that goes up goes in the basket. Not every kid you go after in recruiting, you get. Sometimes you have some misses. They had some kids who they kind of liked but didn't like enough. Um, you know, there, there were kids who probably they would have had a better chance at, but Mike Woodson and the staff went, okay, do we like him enough to take him or do we think we can get somebody better in the portal in the spring? And I think there is a belief on the coaching staff that, you know, there's going to be some options in the portal in the spring. So let's be kind of careful with filling out the rest of the 2023 class because IU has a real chance to have a terrific year this year, which means your program is more appealing to portal players who may have only one or two years left. Or high school kids may, you know, they may look a little more long-term or not be as concerned if you were winning or losing just over the past year or two. But Indiana may have a terrific year, and they may lose all five starters. Um, I mean, we can talk about pro day if you want or not if you want, but people need to understand the NBA has legitimate interest in Jalen Hutchfino. So if he starts, the other four starters are out of eligibility. Jalen Hutchfino really might go to the NBA. So IU could go to the portal with coming off a really good year, lots of playing time. I think there's a reasonable amount of confidence in the coaching staff that if they need to fill with some portal players, they could. And I think it's also worth keeping in mind, you got some young guys who should continue to develop. You know, Tamar, Tamar Bates, you know, next year should really be an impact player. I think guys like, you know, Caleb Banks, C.J. Gunn, they're going to come along. Logan Duncan, Malik Winnow, we can go down the line. But I think there are guys who, who are going to develop as well. But, yeah, as far as the 2023 recruiting class, unless there are spring openings, meaning high school players who are really talented, who reopen the recruitment, like a Tamar Bates, like a Malik Winnow, because of coaching changes, expect IU to go look in the portal in the spring. Jeff Rabjohnspeaks.com. Let's do talk about Pro Day. I think without question the biggest takeaway there, we didn't see it, but you sure talked to people that were there and that uh, were watching from a professional perspective. The big takeaway was Jalen hood Shafino is the real deal, the best NBA player on the roster at his time at Indiana could be really, really short. Yeah, no question. I talked to a number of NBA scouts. I still want to talk to some more, but I've talked to a handful so far. Every single one of them said um, some version of Jalen could get in the lottery, or a couple of them are like, Jalen's in the lottery now, assuming he just shoots it okay. Um, they love his, his positional size, six foot five. You know, he's a bigger point guard. He already has um, an advanced um, you know, physique as far as strength. Um, that they like his ability to get in the paint. You know, he can be physical. Um, he can even a little bit old school turn around, you know, put his back toward the basket. He's got a really nice floater game. He can get into the lane, find people left and right. You know, he comes out of Montverde where, you know, that's that's prep school basketball. That's not high school basketball. You know, there, there were times in, in uh, you know, one of those three-game weekends, you know, a lot of times in that new prep school circuit, they would have games on, on Thursday, Friday, Saturday. He'd play five-star on Thursday, a five-star on Friday, a five-star on Saturday. He played elite-level competition on a regular basis. So, He's just a little more advanced than your average freshman. And, um, yeah, the word from NBA scouts is, you know, they, they really, really like what they see right now. And the other thing, um, and I've heard this before about Jalen and being around Montverde some, I can say it, you know, he has a ridiculously professional approach 
to his sport for a college freshman from the way he eats, from the way he times when he gets up, when he goes to sleep, how he gets his rest, um, how he trains, how he rests between training, how he approaches practice, the stuff he does, you know, going into the gym with Isaac Green and, and, and Adam Howard and getting, not just getting shots up, but getting specific work in on specific things. Um, yeah, I, I don't think it's a real surprise we're hearing what we're hearing. Um, but yeah, it's the, the pro day, the biggest takeaway, Jalen Hutchfino, very likely in the 2023 NBA draft. And the pro day is also a good deal from a recruiting perspective as well, right, Jeff? Oh, 100%. 100%. Yeah, I think even if none of your guys were necessarily guys that the NBA is like really, really looking at right now, if you have a pro day, um, it, it's a recruiting tool. You can tell them, hey, you come here to Indiana, and, yeah, you're going to get the benefits of playing in front of this great fan base, playing in, front, in this historic program, playing for a coach who coached in the NBA. But, but we also have a pro day. The NBA scouts, we bring them to you. You know, you, it's not a question of whether the NBA is going to see you. We put together a pro day. We arrange it. We reach out to the NBA scouts. We schedule it. We bring the, we bring the NBA scouts to you. Uh, that, that's, a, that's a great card to play in the recruiting game. Jeff Ravjohnspeaks.com, my guest. Jeff, we're following all the developments at the Big Ten Media Days. This is the first of two days. Coach Woodson has already been up today to talk about IU basketball and Trace Jackson Davis, Race Thompson, also at that event. I think we'll hear from them a little bit later today. You can follow that on the Big Ten Network if you're interested. Uh, but any any takeaways from Coach Woodson or from just in general other Big Ten coaches that have been on the podium so far today? Um, no, not really. I mean, Woodson kind of, um, you know, he really he was asked the same questions he was asked at IU Media Day just last week. So, you know, his his answers were, were kind of the same, um, and which, you know, you don't expect, you know, nothing's really changed in a week. Um, so you don't expect his, his answers to be too terribly different. Um, and I think most of the coaches have said things that they've been saying now for the past week or two. Um, so I don't, I don't know if there's been anything really major. Um, the one thing that stood out just a little was uh, Commissioner Warren saying that with schools, um, you know, in the New York area with Rutgers, D.C. area with Maryland, and obviously L.A. with UCLA and USC, he felt they could hold the, hold the Big Ten basketball tournament, you know, anywhere in the country. And I, I think that's a ridiculous idea. I, I think that's just laughably stupid. Um, because if you move the football championship game around, you're talking about two fan bases who are going to have to get on a plane and travel. That's it. And going into the last few weeks of a regular season football, you got a pretty good idea whether your team has a chance to play in the Big Ten championship or not. Make a plane flight that you can cancel or don't, but you got a pretty good idea. The Big Ten tournament's everybody, you know, the whole conference. And the Big Ten has led the nation in attendance uh, for more than four decades. And the reason is because of diehard fans in the heartland from pretty much Iowa over to, you know, Ohio, here in Indiana and, you know, Illinois, but, you know, Wisconsin, Michigan. It's like if you make the fans who essentially made your conference have difficulty traveling to the Big Ten Conference Tournament, you are doing a disservice to your fan base. And I understood they took it to New York one year to try to expand the audience. And there are a lot of Big Ten alums in New York. I get it. I, I, I think it's a little silly. 
I don't think people are going to go, hey, I'm going to be a fan of the Big Ten Conference, or I'm going to be a fan of the ACC Conference. No, you're a fan of the team. And I really think the Big Ten needs to be careful. You start moving that basketball tournament around, and you start making fans have to get on plane flights, you know, normally when it's in India or Chicago, that is a drive for the vast majority of the Big Ten fan base, especially the traditional program. You start making everybody who supported you for four plus decades get on planes, go watch their team in the Big Ten tournament, I think you got a problem. So that was one thing that Warren said that I thought, I honestly thought that was a little, I, I thought that was a little silly. Yeah, definitely. Jeff, great stuff. We got to get out of here. That wraps up this Tuesday program. Back with you Wednesday here on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.